saints come in all different shapes, sizes, personalities, uh, backgrounds, temperaments, countries, languages, different time periods within the church. It's actually exciting to kind of take a look at, you know, just different saints. You know, we, we have the, what are called the patriarchs and the prophets of the Old Testament. And many of them are saints. You, you think of, you know, you, you think of like Moses, even though they had their sins, but they're in heaven with God. You think of like Elijah, or you think of Isaiah, Jeremiah, or you think of um, another one, Daniel, you know, where he's almost eaten by a lion in the lion's den. You think about all these, you even think about the parents of Mary, St. Joachim, St. Anne, what they had to go through through childlessness most of their life. And then God blesses them with the birth of the Blessed Virgin Mary. St. Joseph, who's kind of a bridge between the Old Testament, New Testament, who's one of the greatest saints in heaven. You think of like St. John the Baptist, who was like the last of the prophets. So all of these different saints that are, say, part of the Old Testament. Sometimes we don't think of the Old Testament as having saints. They're still redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But the blood of Jesus applied to them backwards in time. But then you think of saints in the New Testament. You think of the apostles. What's always good is to look at the apostles' faults. <laughs> to see that they weren't born saints. That they had their faults. But many of them became martyrs. They died for the Lord. They became saints and they're saints in glory. We have the apostles behind us right, right now. Think of some of the early disciples. You think of, think of some of the saints that had to fight heresies. Like I think of St. Athanasius, who was exiled, you know, and had to fight these, these heresies. You think of the monks in the desert, St. Anthony, the abbot, who was one of the most famous monks in the desert who fasted and prayed all the time and just incredible things. The virgin martyrs of the early church, St. Agatha, uh, St. Agnes, who's a saint I really love, you know, were, were, and some of these saints were young. Some of them were teenagers. Some of them were even children. And they became martyrs where they gave up their life for the Lord. You think of like St. Lucy, who's a, a, a saint that had her eyes gouged out and then were restored to her. That's why she's the patron of eyesight. You think of some of the uh, popes who were saints throughout the history. St. Leo the Great, St. Uh, Pope Gregory the Great. Some of these saints have the great after their names. You think of some of the, the nuns, the religious. Uh, you, you think of some of the men religious, like St. Bernard. Or you think of some of the women religious, like St. Scholastica is a great saint. The saints that were founders of religious orders. One of the most famous, St. Benedict is one of the most famous. Or St. Dominic, St. Francis of Assisi. Franciscans are the, the, probably the largest religious order and the church. You think of the saints in the Middle Ages, saints that were intellectuals. Think of that. Some of the saints were intellectuals. St. Thomas Aquinas, 
was an intellectual. St. Augustine was a great intellectual saint. You also had saints that were dumb, that were not intellectual. They were, they were just simple saints. You think of St. Joseph Carpentino, he barely passed his exams. You know, St. John Vianney struggled through the seminary. Yeah, he's a saint. He spent 16 hours in the confessional. And he, he's a, a great saint. You think of missionaries. You know, saints that were missionaries that traveled. St. Francis Xavier that, that traveled to the Far East, to India. And he traveled to China preaching the gospel. So, some of the saints that were um, missionaries but that also the ones that they converted, the missionaries became martyrs, and the ones that they converted became martyrs also. And you think of those saints of Vietnam, the saints of Japan, you know, and Nagasaki that gave up their lives. The saints of Korea, you know, that, that gave up their, their lives for the love of the gospel. Some saints were very simple and down-to-earth. St. Therese, very simple, very down-to-earth. St. Faustina, very simple, very down-to-earth. You also had saints that were mystics. When we say mystics, meaning they, they had this, this mystical union with God, but also God would reveal the other world to them. St. Gertrude the Great was a, one of the a fabulous saints in the church, Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. You think of some of these saints that, that had, you know, some of these mystical private revelations. And they're saints not because they had private revelations, but because they had a great love for God and a great love for souls. You think of uh, saints of the counter-reformation. St. Francis de Sales was one. St. John of the Cross we suffered three years in prison. St. Teresa of Avila, you, you want to talk about a, a really fun, kind of fun saint. She used to go around the, the convent. This was a cloister convent with the tamarine, banging a tamarine and dancing. Some saints are joyful. They're very joyful. Some saints are very serious, <laughs> you know. Uh, they, they, they fast and they pray and they do penance and everything. Uh, it, you know, and you have your skinny saints. You have your fat saints also. You think of St. John the 23rd. He was quite rotund. And, and he even said he was ugly. You have ugly saints. You have beautiful saints. St. Rose of Lima. She was very beautiful. And yet she suffered a crown of thorns, the, the passion. You have saints that were married. The, the parents of St. Therese are declared canonized saints and the church. Zeli and uh, Louis are married. So you have lay people that are saints. You have teachers that are saints. You think of St. John Bosco. He was a teacher that was a saint. They come in all different shapes and sizes. You think of maybe some modern saints of today. You think of like a St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was in the Holocaust, the prison camps, and what heroism to give his life for the love of one of his 
brothers that was, you know, suffering this terrible holocaust. You think of a, a saint like Mother Teresa. You know, I, I always call her Saint Mother Teresa because she was always known as Mother Teresa. Everyone called her Mother Teresa. So I always say Saint Mother Teresa. I can't say Saint Teresa of Calcutta. I got to call her Mother Teresa. And she goes to the poorest of the poor and giving her her life. You know, those saints that minister to the poorest of the poor and, and different locations throughout the world. Maybe it's something we can't do, but we admire that in someone else. You think of a, another modern saint whose relic who we have here, St. John Paul II. There will never be a pope like St. John Paul II. And St. John Paul II had a dynamic personality, was a fantastic speaker, was a fantastic preacher, diplomat, had great love for Christ, great love for the church, wrote encyclicals like, never, like no other pope, he canonized and beatified more saints in his lifetime than all the saints that were canonized and beatified officially of all the popes before him. Can you imagine that? And someone asked him, why are you canonizing and beatifying, beatifying so many saints? You know what Pope John Paul II's response was? He said, because the modern world needs them. The modern world needs these saints and these blessed as examples, as examples of virtue and holiness. Here to my right, we have the founder of the Marian, Saint Stanislaus Popchinsky. And right now he's being known for when, when people, when couples that are infertile are praying to him, they're being blessed with a child. Matter of fact, the other day, I, I, just, I just blessed a couple and a child, they, they had met with me, I don't know, it was maybe like five years ago or something, or maybe a couple of years ago, I don't even know when I met with them. And they were telling me that they were infertile. And I was telling them to pray to our founder, St. Stanislaus. And I, I kept exhorting them, you know, pray to St. Stanislaus. I don't know why God is, this is what God is making him patron of, of childless couples. Well, the other, it was maybe like two weeks ago, God answered their prayer. You know how I know God answered their prayer? Because I saw their child. I blessed their child. God answered their prayer. You know, it, saints, uh, we have different patron saints for different things. I don't know why a patron saint becomes a patron saint for something. They just do, like St. Peregrine, patron saint of cancer patients. We were praying to St. Rocco, who's patron saint of epidemics. You know, the, the one of the most famous, St. Anthony of Padua, my patron saint. He's patron of lost things. If you lose something, you pray to St. Anthony. I don't know why you do it. We just do. We just do. These things just come about. If you're traveling, who do you pray to? St. Christopher. And even though they put, you know, they took Christopher officially off the calendar, but still pray to him. Still pray to St. Christopher. He's patron of travelers. So we have these different saints for different needs. Uh, St. Rita and St. Jude, patron of impossible cases or desperate, hopeless cases. If you have a desperate, hopeless case, you can pray to St. Rita or you can pray 
to St. Jude to help you. So all of these different saints. Now, how many saints are there in heaven? Multitudes upon multitudes. I wouldn't even say, give a number and say, well, it's millions or billions, because I don't know. I've never been to heaven. So I don't know how many saints there are in heaven. So the way that we classify saints is, first of all, officially in the church, when the church either beatifies a person, that is, makes them blessed, or canonizes a person, the, the church is actually making an infallible statement and saying that this person is in heaven. We are declaring it from the church that this person is in heaven, and you can pray to this person to intercede for you because they are a saint in heaven. That's officially. So it's actually an infallible statement from the church that the church makes when they either beatify or canonize a person as a blessed or a saint. So that's officially. How many blesseds or canonized saints there are in the church? It's hard to really figure out because the official process did not begin until like the Middle Ages. So there wasn't even like a, a, an official process before that. It was just like the church just declared. So, but now, now there's a more official process where you have to have miracles and, um, you know, there's criteria that declares. So, but there's been a lot of people that have been beatified and canonized recently that we can pray to. So these are official saints that we could say, yes, this person is in heaven. Now, does that mean that there's no other saints in heaven except for the ones that are officially beatified and canonized here on earth? No, absolutely not. Because there are saints in heaven that were never officially beatified, never officially canonized, maybe only known to God himself. There are many lay people. There, there are many, you know, good people that live good lives here on earth, that were mothers, that were fathers, that, that tried their best, and they are saints in heaven. Now, can you canonize them here on earth? So sometimes at a funeral, people want to canonize the person that's in the casket. And they say, oh, Uncle Joey was good. He's in heaven. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Because Uncle Joey may need some prayers. He may need some prayers. So you can't canonize a person here. We cannot canonize a person here on earth. Only the church can do that. Can you ask your uncle or your parents to pray for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even not knowing where they're at, absolutely you can ask them to pray for you. So there's much more saints in heaven than there are actually be officially beatified and canonized here on earth. Now there's even more to this as far as the quantity. So the ones that we don't know are here, we're honoring them today, but then there's souls in purgatory that were purified and that were released from purgatory. And when they were released from purgatory and they go to heaven, they are saints. 
You ever think of that? So the souls in purgatory will one day become saints, not officially canonized saints, but they will become saints in heaven. So once you reach heaven, you are a saint. Think of that. There's only saints and angels in heaven. There's not people in heaven. So once you reach heaven, you've reached that heavenly glory. Your soul is completely purified. That's why souls go through this purification process in purgatory. And only through our prayers can we release them from purgatory. And then they are in heaven interceding for us here on earth, especially if your prayers have released that soul from purgatory, they become an intercessory saint for you in heaven. So how many souls have been released from purgatory? We don't know. We don't know. But I bet you that there's souls being released from purgatory every single day through the masses celebrated around the world. And that these souls that are closest to heaven are going to heaven every day. Certainly when Jesus ascended into heaven by his passion, death, and resurrection, all, all the souls in purgatory were released. All the souls in purgatory were released into heaven. So we have a multitude of saints that are before the throne of God that are interceding for us. Now, which saint should you have a devotion to? You ever think of that? You ever, you ever have people, uh, I'm a priest, so people pile tons of prayer cards on my day. I, I mean, I just got tons of prayer about this saint, that saint, pray this saint, pray that saint. And it would be impossible to pray to all the saints. But the, the church honors these saints. The church has memorials for these saints. So the church is devoted to these saints. So we can be devoted to these saints as the churches, but it may not be the saint that we necessarily go to and pray to because it's just, it's just impossible to have a personal devotion to all the saints. You can have a public devotion to all the saints, impossible to have a personal devotion. So you're going to pick saints that you like and then saints that eh, maybe you're less attracted to, eh, you'll, you'll kind of put them on the side. Maybe you won't do an novena to them. But there's going to be saints that will be your personal devotion. And that's okay to have that. I'm always amazed when, whenever we have the perpetual vows or ordination ceremonies. And our seminarians or our future priests, we, we do what's called a litany of saints during that ceremony in which the candidate, he prostrates himself on the ground, and then we sing this litany. And I always look at the litany, and I always say to myself, ooh, which saints did they pick? Well, you know, which saints are their favorite? And I go down there, and I say, oh, I wonder why, why they like that saint. I wonder why they have a devotion to this saint, and why they pick, because you can pick your own saints and, and put them in the litany of the saints. And why do they have a devotion to this saint? And why do they want this saint to pray for them? It's because our personalities are all different. And so some saints, maybe that's like our personality, we're going to be attracted to them. And other saints, maybe that, you know, can't relate to them. Oh, you know, church will be devoted to them, but I won't, you know, I won't have a devotion to them. And that's okay. 
And that's okay. Sometimes we think, oh, I have to be devoted to every, impossible to be devoted to every single canonized saint in the church. Impossible. Impossible. You can pray to a lot of them, but impossible to have a devotion to every one of them. That's why the church has the devotion to every single one of the saints and honors the saints. And so that's okay to pick your favorite saints to intercede for you and to have certain prayer cards or statues that you like of the saints. So now, the question is, we have all these saints, and really a saint means someone who's reached holiness, who's in heaven, who's completely purified, who's a saint and interceding for us. Now the question is, how do we become saints? Okay? Meaning, how do, when we say, I want to get to heaven, what you're really saying is, I want to be a saint. Even if you're not officially canonized by the church here on earth, to get to heaven is to be a saint, is to strive for sainthood. How do you do that? How do you strive for sainthood? And I always like this and the book of Revelation here. It says at the end, this is how we go to heaven. It says, these are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. So first of all, earth is a survival contest. It's like earth, you're, you know, if you get out of here alive, you're surviving the earth. It's a tough, rough place down here on earth. So we're surviving the great time of distress. But then it says they have washed their robes and made them white and the blood of the lamb. So what are we constantly doing on earth? We're constantly washing our robes, our souls, and making them white in the blood of the lamb. That is making them purified in the blood of the lamb. So what we have to do every day is constantly ask for the blood of the lamb to come down upon us. It certainly does in the sacrament of confession. We receive the blood of the lamb in the Eucharist. But it's that, it's that constant blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus, that's going to make us white as snow. It's going to purify our souls, and hopefully they will be purified enough to go to heaven after this earth. But if not, they, we will continue that purification in purgatory to go to heaven. And so there's, there's this constant purification here on earth. Now, this, this is my own theory. This is my own theory, and it kind of comes from St. Louis de Montfort. That in our day and age, there, there's so much sin. There's so many social structures of sin that vices are, they're entrenched sometimes in our laws, on very unjust laws. They're entrenched in our society, in our culture. It's all around us. And to be a, a, just a Christian today, to strive for holiness, to, to strive to overcome these vices within ourselves and around us, we need heroic virtue. We just don't need ordinary virtue. We need heroic virtue. But that's why 
is my own theory that the greatest saints in the history of the world will be the modern saints today, will be the saints formed by the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Louis de Montfort says, that they will be formed by the Blessed Mother, that the Blessed Mother herself will appear here on earth and form these saints of the latter times. And that these saints will have to overcome more vices, both within themselves and in the world, than any other saints that have gone before them. Therefore, the struggle will be greater. Thus, the vices will be greater, but also the heroic virtue will also be greater in overcoming these vices. And that's why I believe that the, some of the greatest saints will be today or have yet to come, or have yet to come in the world, because they will have to overcome more, and they will have to overcome more persecution than any others that have gone before them, especially Christians that are being persecuted right now in many countries throughout the world. So have hope. Even if you're struggling with sin, even if you're struggling in this world and say, how can I get there? It's like an uphill battle. I keep falling and slipping in the mud. Keep striving for holiness. Keep your eyes on the prize. Ask the saints that have gone before you to help you, to pray for you. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Keep saying, Jesus, I trust in you. Get up every time after you fall. Keep striving for holiness. And by God's grace, by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus, one day you will reach that heavenly glory and sing praises to God with all the angels and saints in heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.